This is the message from Connection Community Church for the weekend of June 5th and 6th, 2022. Birth of the Church, Fire from Heaven. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Good to be with you on this glorious, glorious day. Amen. Amen. Today we've got a new series called The Birth of the Church. We'll be exploring the early chapters of the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles, and, um, and, and what they mean to us as followers of Jesus Christ. Today our focus is on fire from heaven that happened on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost, and that's what we celebrate today. Well, good morning again. I'm Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace. Is this all right, Kevin? Okay. You'll fix me if it's not right. Okay. Saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for being able to bring the word. Wow. This Pentecost time where the Holy Spirit came uh, with a raging force. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we give you this time, settle us in, so that we might receive what you would have us receive today. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Today we are talking about Pentecost. It's a church word, but it's also a celebration for both Jews and Christians. For the Jews, Pentecost is one of three major festivals during the year. So we have Pentecost and Passover and the Festival of Tabernacles. There's more festivals, but these are the three super major ones, and they were known as pilgrim festivals. The reason why pilgrim festivals is because they were pilgrims. They had to return to like the central place, which was Jerusalem, they had to return to the temple. That's what the Torah, or the Old Testament of the Bible, the first five books, directed them to do. So first of all, let's talk about the Passover. The Passover festival celebrated the Hebrews' freedom from slavery. Remember, they were enslaved and they they were, you know, 40 years traveling to try to get to the promised land. And so they were, um, one night, uh, it celebrates their freedom from slavery in Egypt when on the last night of their captivity, they sacrificed a lamb and they spread the blood of the lamb over the doorpost so that the angel of death that God was going to send would pass over their house. That's how the worst Passover happened, so that the firstborns would not die. And the um, Festival of Tabernacles, then, also known as the Festival of Booths, or, uh, or the Ingathering, or the Festival of the Harvest, celebration at the end of the harvest season. The booths, called it booths because they were temporary huts that the farmers would live in during the harvest. It was also a reminder to the Hebrew people of the 40 years where they were in temporary dwellings in the desert as, as they headed for that land of milk and honey, as they headed for the promised land. And so we have Passover, and then we have the Festival of Tabernacles, and then there's the 
Pentecost. Pentecost. It's also called the Feast of Weeks because it is um, celebrated seven weeks or 50 days after the first week, after the first day of Passover. Okay, so they're linked. Pentecost, penta means 50. It's also the celebration of the wheat harvest. They, they celebrated God's goodness when there were all these different harvests. And so they were using this celebration to celebrate the wheat harvest, but also the giving of the Torah. Remember back in Exodus when uh, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai? It's a festival of that. And, and so when we read in the second chapter of Acts, that the day of Pentecost came, it means that the city of Jerusalem was filled to overflowing with people, people who were there to celebrate that ancient festival of Pentecost. Much, much like the people from all over were there to celebrate Passover when Jesus had his last supper with his disciples and then was uh, arrested, crucified, died, and was buried. So here's what we find, second chapter of Acts, verses 1 through 4, this is the New International Version. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And so scripture says that they were all in one place. Well, who's they? They included the 12 disciples. They had added Matthias since Judas was, was gone. Uh, but it also included others. As we're told in Acts chapter 1, what Alan read was Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 1, we're told that there were about 120 believers together in that place. Men and women there together. They were gathered there together when the Holy Spirit appeared. And it surrounded them like a tornado and like the tongues of fire. I wish I didn't wear my red blouse last week because today would be a great day. It represents fire. Oh, my goodness. Venetia was like all dressed in red and she didn't even know it today at the front door. So anyway, sounded like tongues, uh, a tornado and tongues of fire separated and coming to rest on each one of them. Can you picture that? supernatural oh my goodness the holy spirit filled them with god's power giving them the ability to speak in languages that were not their own so it was like okay bam right on my shoulders and then i'd be able to speak a different language that i didn't even know whoa wow that is some holy spirit power so we continue on in Acts 2, verses 5 through 13. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. 
And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. <laughs> so we were in New York City on Wednesday for the day to see the Broadway show Come From Away, if you ever get a chance to see. I know, Missy. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Best show. Anyway. <laughs> so, but as we were walking around Times Square, you could hear like lots of different people talking, but I'd walk by and I'd hear different languages. I didn't know what they were saying, but everybody was there. It was a beautiful, beautiful melting pot. So in this, what we're preaching now in Acts chapter 2, there were Jews that were gathered um, in Jerusalem for this festival, this very important festival, and they spoke different languages because they were from different parts of the region. And the Holy Spirit empowered these believers these Christ followers, to be able to speak a language. So it'd be like, I'd be walking along and somebody would be speaking French and I'd just start speaking to them. I mean, really, I'm just blown away by what the power of the Holy Spirit can do. But here's the reason for it. It's so that the wonders of God could be declared. So that Christ on the throne could be shared. Can you even begin to imagine? Jesus had promised that this would happen. And it did happen. He told the disciples, we talked about this last week, to stay and wait. Boy, that's hard. <laughs> and that's what they did, though. In that upper room, they stayed and they waited and the Holy Spirit delivered, giving them the power that they needed to be witnesses in Jerusalem, all of Judea, and to the ends of the earth. Mm. Absolutely. And so the Holy Spirit especially empowered Peter. Peter, you know, the one who, out of fear for his life, denied even knowing Jesus on the night Jesus was arrested, denied knowing him three times. Peter now was filled with Holy Spirit power, Holy Spirit power. He, he boldly, in, in the center of all this, he boldly quoted the Old Testament prophet Joel, uh, sharing that in, in the last days, God says, he will pour out his spirit on all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. God will even pour out his spirit on his servants, and even they will prophesy. Peter then boldly shared that, that Jesus resurrected, was not dead, 
His body did not decay. He said, Jesus is raised to life, and we are all witnesses, he shared with those who were gathered. He said he sits at the right hand of God and has received from the Father the, the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what they are now seeing and hearing through that Holy Spirit. And then Peter finished by challenging those who were not, yes, Christ followers with this. Acts 2.36, therefore, he said, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. That's pretty gutsy, isn't it? That was gutsy. You see, the crowd that had previously gathered for the Passover festival that was just 50 days before, likely there were some of the same people now in this Pentecost crowd, and they're the ones that shouted, Crucify! Crucify! Peter is kind of lumping everybody together. We aren't really sure, but we can guess. We can suppose that some of it was the same. And the same Peter that like ran away and denied Jesus, you know, before Jesus was uh, denied even knowing him. He's now Holy Spirit filled and able to point the spiritual finger, so to speak, at them, telling them that they crucified Christ, whom God had made both Lord and Messiah. Pretty gutsy. Not the same Peter that we saw a little while ago. Uh, in that courtyard who pretended to not even know Christ. So we continue in Acts 2, <clears throat> verses <clears throat> 37 through 41. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart <clears throat> and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the, God, the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000. Wouldn't you like to see that now? Yeah. 3,000. Holy Spirit power, giving Peter just what he needed to encourage the crowd, to challenge the crowd, even to accuse them. I mean, that had to be terrible. Some people probably got mad, like, who are you? But, <laughs> wow, somebody had to do it, and God chose Peter. That same Holy Spirit encouraged the crowd to turn and ask one another, well, what should they do? What should they do? And Peter said, repent. Like, turn away from what you've been doing. Turn away from sin. Repent. Turn toward Jesus and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And in doing so, they would receive the Holy Spirit. 3,000, when they did it, 3,000, as Alan said, were added to their number. 
it is hard to even talk about this without, I just want to jump and smile because this is so exciting. It's so amazing because I don't think that just happened then. I think it's possible now for the Pentecost moment to be among us. I love that story, don't you? <laughs> just imagine being the Holy Spirit coming in like a freight train, tongues of fire, speaking another language. I wish I had been with me when I was in junior high, high school and college taking that Spanish class. Man, that would have made things easier, wouldn't it? Ah, man. 3,000 people coming to Jesus there. What a story. <clears throat> what a great story. Then we have to ask, so what's that got to do with you and me today? What's that got to do with us? Is it more than just a Holy Spirit power story that happened 2,000 years ago? Well, I'd have to say, yeah, it's, it's not a one-and-done story. It's not a then-not-now story. Holy Spirit did all that 2,000 years ago is the same Holy Spirit that is alive and well and right here with us this morning. Right here with us. You know, I hear some people say, boy, you could really feel the Holy Spirit in there today. Well, you know what? The, whether we feel it or not, the Holy Spirit's here every day. He's with us whenever we're in here. Yeah, same Holy Spirit. That same Holy Spirit still at work in the world, still just as powerful today as was then, empowering believers like you and me to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those around us to the ends of the earth. And the thing we need to remember is this. The, the Holy Spirit doesn't always work in the same way. And it doesn't always work the same way in any two of us. You know, the, the way the Holy Spirit worked 2,000 years ago, he might work differently here this morning. And he might work different in you than, than he does in me. Because he gives us what we need to do what God asks us to do what God calls us to do. In the case of believers back there on that first, uh, on that Pentecost that we would say is the birth of the church, it was the power to speak languages that they didn't normally speak, they didn't even know. For us, it may look very different than that. Now, I know it has for us during our journey. Missy, um, you're smiling a lot. And I appreciate that. It kind of encourages me. Um, this is a real practical example, like a real-life example. I remember the first time you served communion over here. And after communion, you came to me and felt this incredible washing power, couldn't even put into words what God was showing you, doing you as you served. And that's an example of exactly what we're talking about. Not 3,000, but your life and your life and your life is worth it all. Just one. Eternal eternity. It's, worth, it's like that's what God does. So, all right, so we want to tell you a Holy Spirit story that rocked our world. Back in 1995, uh, we were traveling from Seaford to Newark. Seaford's where we lived. Newark's where we're from. So we would go here, back and forth, back and forth to visit families. And as we were coming up, there's no Route 1. And, of course, we saw Middletown 
houses starting to uh, start just starting just starting and we thought wow hmm wonder about a church there well there are some great churches in middletown not as many as there are now <laughs> there's a lot now but anyway we're thinking wow what what's god god planted that first of all that wasn't our thought that was the holy spirit thought all right so for fast forward a couple years so the seeds were planted for Alan to start a church here and um, the the plan was for me to be appointed to on a large to a large church so I could have a decent income and support the family because Something make some money. you don't make money when the you're a church planter in the beginning <laughs> and we have four kids so we needed a stable income Somewhere in this time, uh, we were invited to attend uh, a preaching conference, preaching to people under 35. It was in North Carolina. And um, we were at that conference together. And when we walked in that conference, we didn't realize this, but it was a ton of church planters. It was like, oh my gosh, Alan, go talk. Oh, this is so exciting. Like, I was so fired up. And I was like, golly days, girl, what's going on? Well, I thought he was the one. Mm -hmm. Anyway. <laughs> On the way home, we're in the airplane, and we stopped in Charlotte because there was a layover, and we're sitting at, in front of Starbucks, and Alan mentioned <laughs> planting the church together, and that had to be the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm one independent girl. And so am I. And so are you. <laughs> An <indep> you know, the thought of working together just... The, we parent well together, but working together? Huh. No. I had my church. He had his church. It just, it was good. We were separate. We have very different ways of doing business, which is actually hysterical that we have to share this, this thing today right now because one of us forgot our message. I, forgot my, I got the wrong message from last week. And he's like, I'm like, I gotta share. I'm afraid like we are so different in the way we do things. When do I turn the page for both of us? I mean, it's like, I'm feeling anxiety. It's, it's working okay. The idea of working you know, the together, Holy Spirit's got this, you know? the Holy Spirit's got it. But let's just say when we were in our layover in Charlotte, I was not doing cartwheels. I didn't see one cartwheel from her in that nope. Starbucks. Not one. Nope. Not one. So back on the plane, um, we're in some airspace over Philadelphia. And it had to be the Holy Spirit. It had to be the Holy Spirit. And, and he reminded me that this church that we're in now was going to be for families. Because I'd been doing some research, basically coming up here and counting houses and seeing neighborhoods of 50, 150, 200, and virtually every house I counted was a two-story, four-bedroom home. That's the no only retirement community was Spring Mill. That wasn't even started yet. No, it wasn't. No, so there that wasn't was, I wasn't even a thought of yet. Yeah. And, and, and these four-bedroom, four two-story are not starter homes, and they're not retirement homes. Those are homes with lots of kids in them. So I was reminded this was going to be a church for families with kids, and... and and what kind of witness would it be like when we were in Seaford? We were in opposite directions. I rarely got to see the kids at church because they usually went to Carrie's church, sometimes to mine. But we were in very, very opposite directions most of the time. Holy Spirit said, what kind of a witness are you going to be 
if this church is for families and you guys aren't even here together as a family? Good question. And so I shared this with Carrie. I guess the Holy Spirit had been visiting her as well because when we got well, off I was, the plane. I was up closer to heaven because we were in the she sky. Didn't, she didn't even argue once with that. We got off the plane and we called our district superintendent. And I don't think he did cartwheels either because it was 1030 on a Friday night. But we thought they were going to be making appointments to churches, you know, who was going to serve where the next year the, shortly. And so we asked him. We had something we had to talk to him about. We saw him the next Tuesday, I think it was. And, 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 um, and uh, to talk to him about planting this church together. We were both what they call elders, which means we were fully ordained in the Methodist church. To have two fully ordained elders assigned to a place that didn't even exist yet. Think about that one. That's what we wanted. And... And, 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 and we weren't going to let money be the issue because we, we were willing to work, carry a nurse, me substitute teaching just to, to make ends or whatever. Anyway, when we got home from that trip, the really wild part was there's a, a Methodist Church newspaper that I've never read, but I happened to read it in all the mail that was there that day. And the bishop had written a really interesting story. It was around Christmas time. And, and, a, and, and a little girl said uh, to the bishop, uh, does, does God get married? Bishop said, no, why do you ask? I said, well, how did he have a baby? Good question. And, and, he, and the article was about, you know, what, the wild, incredible things, impossible things God does. And he concluded by saying, what well, wild, impossible thing is God laying on you, and what are you going to do about it? So we took that article with us to the district superintendent. We said, was the bishop just taking up space, or was he meaning what he said here? Because the wild and incredible thing is the two of us in this spot, and what are you going to do about it? Well, what they did about it was they put us here together, and the rest is history. Yeah. By the way, after lunch with the bishop, the Holy Spirit gave us the name for the church there in a restaurant in Rehoboth. It was, Connection Church. I mean, we didn't even have to go through committees. Yep. It's like Holy Spirit Connection Church. Okay, it's Connection Church. They hadn't even told wow. us we could plan it yet. No, it was so cool. <laughs> Holy Spirit power. It is so alive today. It's so alive. Fire from heaven, empowering us, believers, to do as God desires, to share the good news to other people who may not know him or may want to go deeper in their faith. You know, for us, it meant moving. Um, the question is today for today is what does it look like for you? What does that look like in your life? Because God has a plan for every single one of us. That's why we're here. We're not randomly here. It's not some big bang theory. You're here because God planned it. You're in this world because God planned it. And what God wants is our heart. That's why we have been created. So it might be starting something new. It might be, there's so many things. Here's an example of one, um, Rachel Brandenburg, who attends this church. Uh, this is a garden. If you go outside, it's over on this side. And the garden has flowers that will come up and vegetables. That, her gift, her spiritual gift that God's called her is to be like a gardener kind of thing. So the vegetable part is going to feed our food ministry. 
which is going to be awesome. Can you imagine the people that come on Tuesdays and Thursdays getting fresh vegetables? What a gift. The flowers will be, you know, in our lobby or, you know, if there's somebody who might need a touch, uh, some cheer, they might get a fresh flowers from our garden. And so she's able to live that out. She needs help, by the way. So if, you know, watering and some of that. So if that information's in our Friday update. I don't know. What is it for you? When we fly across the ocean, hopefully in the next year or two to be with our brothers and sisters in another place, maybe it's that for you. Maybe it is to, um, to walk across the street and there's a young family there, perhaps in your neighborhood or grandchildren or something, and you say, here, come to VBX. I did that yesterday in my neighborhood. I don't, I don't even know their names, but they had a, um, a yard sale and I thought, okay, this is a good opening for me. I can go spend 50 cents, but the real thing that I'm gonna do is take them an invitation which is exactly what I did. I spent $15, but anyway. So, <laughs> hey, we have a baby coming in a couple weeks. Not us, but my family. So I bought the baby clothes. Or here's the link. Okay, so you see a middle schooler, a high schooler, and uh, Peter has this thing called the link, and the dates are here. Oh my gosh, this ha middle school, have your high schooler come. And we have these invitations out there for you to use. That could be what God's calling you to do, to step out. Because it's one life that could be make an eternal difference. So God has a plan for each and every one of us. And, um, and that plan ultimately involves connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers, ultimately. And part of the plan is, is to, that God's plan is to supply us with the Holy Spirit power to get this done, whatever it looks like. Fire from heaven, as we were reading earlier today, fire from heaven. And, and the question for each of us is, are we going to listen to God? Are we going to listen and pay attention, be open to where he's calling, open to that Holy Spirit plan and power? Or are we going to turn our backs, ignore God, fearful of the unknown, wondering how we'll get it done, forgetting that it's through God's power and not our own that we carry out God's plans, um, forgetting that on our own we're nothing, <laughs> and it's only through the Father, Son, Holy Spirit that all things are possible. Holy Spirit power. God makes it available to each and every one of us. It just wasn't 2,000 years ago to, to Peter there in the square and the 3,000 people. Every one of us. Same spirit that Peter had is today just like back then. That same power that gives us the, 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 the ability <laughs> to work together. <laughs> same power. Same Holy Spirit to give you what you need to help you to carry out your part of the mission to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. You can ignore it. You can embrace it. The choice is yours. It's up to you. The question is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let's pray. God, you, you love us so much. Um, and 
but too much to leave us like right where we are. Help us not be complacent. Give us a spirit of boldness, not in a way that is off-putting or, you know, too strong, but give us words or actions so that we can share something different. The world needs love and kindness and help us be that vessel. That's some Holy Spirit power these days. God, we thank you that we are never alone because your Holy Spirit as believers is always with us. And sometimes it settles on our shoulders like tongues of fire. Sometimes we are in the midst of a um, almost like a tornado feel when you invade our lives and point us in a different direction or you call us to do something that um, isn't easy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.